If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Taylor hit, but he bounces into the end zone. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. How can we, like you mentioned, as pillars, as guys who are leaders on this team, how can we turn that around? Play action. Now he's in trouble, and he's going to be brought down. A sack for the Colts. DeForest Buckner back to the 27-yard line. Never quit. I never not fault. I never not compete. And I will always continue to be a great, great leader, a great competitor. Now he checks it down left side, looking for the end zone for Alec Pierce. And he's got it. Touchdown, Alec Pierce. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. Welcome into the Colts official podcast. My name is Jeffrey Gorman. J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com, senior writer, is going to join us momentarily. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, he'll be here. Lara Overton, miss everything for the Colts. We're going to be swapping some stories and guesses and things like that because that's a lot of guesses going on right now in the Colts camp. We're going to discuss that. What is going on with the uh, Colts head coaching search? J.J. Stankovitz will get us caught up on that. What we learned from the divisional round of the playoffs and how that applies to the Colts going forward this offseason. And, of course, I'm going to throw around some opinion. So is Mayte, so is J.J., so is Lara. But let's get this thing going first, J.J. Stankovitz. 13 candidates, 13 candidates now, they have uh, interviewed for the head coaching vacancy, the highest candidate pod pool rather than any of the other four teams searching for a head coach. Now let's start. Sit down for a second. Get yeah. comfortable. Here's the list, Double let's J. Let's go. Bubba Ventrone, right here from the Colts staff, special teams coordinator. Broncos defensive coordinator is Giro Ibero. Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, that was last week, J.J. This week, Colts interim coach Jeff Saturday sat down. He kicked off the second round of the initial interviews. The Colts have interviewed Packers special teams coordinator Rich Rich Basaccia, Bagels offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, in addition to the Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale. I'll get to Wink Martindale later on in this pod, but Colts are reportedly also interviewing 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. Got okay. all that? Got all that down. J.J., let's just start. I mean, it's too much info out of the gate. Cut a small piece off of yeah. for, for me and start there. So I think when you look at the pool of candidates the Colts have now interviewed, you have two special teams coordinators, and then you have a mix of defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, guys who have been interim head coaches in Jeff Saturday and Rich Bisaccia, guys who have been full-time head coaches in Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris. You have up-and-coming guys like Ijiro Avero and Mike Kafka. You have older coaches who have had more experience like Dan Quinn, like Raheem Morris. It's, it is a full search. I mean, a, a comprehensive search is the word I'm looking for there. And that's something Chris Ballard told us right after the season he would do. Chris Ballard is leading the search right now, and he is having a comprehensive list of candidates to talk to for this head coaching opening. He... What What's clear to me, Jeffrey, is that the Colts are leaving no stone unturned as they are trying to figure this thing out. And they're not just focusing on one type of candidate. You know, with the having the, the number four overall pick, I think some people might think you got to hire an offensive-minded head coach. you got to find the, the quarterback guru. You don't have to do that. The, it, the History in the NFL shows you do not always have to pair the young quarterback with the young offensive-minded head coach. It could wind up going that way, but that's not because Chris Ballard set out in this process to do that. So I think the the overarching thought right now is that every stone is being turned that Chris Ballard can find, and ultimately the Colts are going to move on to round two of the interviews, which will be a, a more intensive process, narrowing that field down, and then from there you try to narrow it down to, all right, who is Chris Ballard going to go recommend to Colts owner and CEO Jim Ursay, I think this is our guy. I think that's what they're doing is the second wave. Ursay will sit down with those candidates. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many it'll be cut down to, but I, we've been hearing this a lot on social media. Uh, Mayte and I have been talking about this off the line. Are there, is it possible they're, they're looking at too many no. candidates? No. I, last year, I, I looked this up, last year the Chicago Bears interviewed, I think it was 10 candidates mm-hmm. before settling on Matt Eberflus, our former defensive coordinator here. Um, Zach Key from The Athletic actually ran through some of the numbers, uh, and I think I think the Jaguars talked to like 13 last year. They got a pretty good head coach in Doug Peterson. 
Look, when you have the opportunity to hire a head coach, this is the only opportunity you as a franchise get to talk to people outside your building, not just to get their ideas. But hey, Wink Martindale, Mm -hmm. what did you do against us that was so successful in Week 17? You know, Mike Kafka, what did you do against us that was so successful in Week 17? What do you think of our team? What do you think of our offensive line? What do you think of our defense? You can get some different ideas from these while also entertaining the possibility that Ajero Averro, hey, you did, man, boy, that defensive front you had in week five, that absolutely kicked our butt. You know, what did you see against us? How did you, how did you scheme that up? Um, you know, it, you even go back to last year, Rich Passaccia. Mm-hmm. You came into Indianapolis right. with a team that needed to win that game in week 17, and you beat us. And losing that game kept us out of the playoffs. It got you into the playoffs as interim head coach. You can get some ideas from these conversations that will not only color who your next head coach will be, but color the direction your franchise can go. Because sometimes getting a fresh set of eyes on the team you have, the roster you have, the way you conduct business is a really good thing. And this is the only opportunity you get to do it in a formal setting where it, it, you can really have these in-depth conversations. All right, this is Colts Podcast presented by our friends at WinBet. J.J. Stankovitz is sitting down with us right now. We're bringing in Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, Lara Overton, in a bit. Uh, what, what do, my question to you is, do they talk about – I mean, the most important position on the field, we all know this, and have for years, is, is quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, on the Colts side, when Ballard and staff are sitting down with a potential candidate, are they saying, hey, we're bringing in a young quarterback in here regardless? Or are they saying, we don't know who's going to be leading our offense? Right. Because these guys that are coming in here, these inexperienced and experienced cats, I mean, you got to give them a little bit of a, you know, hey, what right. do we look like offensively if we're riding the gravy train of trying to find a, a veteran that could come in, you know, stable the, the, stable the, steady the ship, rather, for a couple of years with that? Or is it, hey, we're going to move up in the draft and go get our guy? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really interesting question, Jeffrey, and, and one I'm not in on these interviews. They don't include the Colts.com right. writer and stadium PA announcer though. on them. Yeah, they should. Yeah, though. they sure, should. That'd be great. Um, hey, don't write this, JJ, but you can listen. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I think that's got to be a part of the equation, not only from the the coaching candidates, because these guys who the Colts are talking to, you know, they're going to get some of these guys are going to get second interviews. I saw some reports today that Dan Quinn and Mike Kafka already have second interviews lined up with various organizations. So they're going to want to know. All right, if I come here and you offer me the job, and I accept the job, what's the quarterback situation going to look mm-hmm. like? And Chris Ballard and the Colts are going to want to know, who's your offensive coordinator? Who's your defensive coordinator? What is your plan for developing this quarterback? What is the infrastructure you're going to put in with your coaching staff? I mean, look at the Bears. They hired Matt Eberflus last year, a defensive coordinator. But one of the big selling points of Matt Eberflus, beyond I'm going to set a culture here, was Luke Getze is going to come in and be my offensive coordinator. Luke Getze last year was Green Bay's quarterbacks coach, a guy who a lot of people thought would get elevated to be their offensive coordinator after Nathaniel Hackett left for the Broncos job. Matt Eberflus said, nah, come work with me. And that was a big selling point. It wasn't just that they got to steal the, the Packers' offensive coordinator. It was that Luke Getze is a, a, a really good coach, a really good offensive mind, and they got to bring him in, and, hey, that's our plan for Justin Fields. So if you are a defensive coach or a special teams coordinator coming into these interviews with Chris Ballard, all right, yeah, I'm not going to come in and be, you know, the, the Sean McVay for the rookie quarterback. But you know what? I'm, I, this is, these are the couple guys I think could be really good offensive coordinators for a young quarterback if that's the route that we go. That is a big selling point, I think, in some of these interviews. Uh, tell me about the, where we're at with Jeff Saturday, the Colts' current interim uh, head coach. Obviously, we saw that midseason, that switch up with Frank Reich. Where do you see him in this mix as far as, first of all, having a chance to sit down with the brass of the Colts and say, this is what my football team and staff mm-hmm. looks like? which I don't think he's ever had that opportunity to really right. sit down. He's been thrown in the fire and say, hey, go win this game. It's coming up in six days. Right. You know? But now he says, hey, here's what my staff's going to look like. Here's what my offense looks like. Here's what it looks like with a new quarterback. How? Well, give me the latest on Jeff Saturday. And, and again, probably you know something that he had to really sit back before he went in and talked to Chris Ballard in the front office to say, hey, i got to cross all these boxes, you know, cross all these T's and check all these boxes. i got to put together a staff. i got to see what our defense looks like. How's, what's our defensive secondary going to look like if I'm head coach? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's something that all these coaches are going through. Um, and just real, real quick tangent, I saw Dan Quinn talk about this um, where he was asked, like, how do you prepare for an interview during – 
the playoffs because he's the, the Cowboys defensive coordinator. They're going into their, their uh, divisional round game against the 49ers. And he said, you know, you kind of you kind of have to expect these are going to happen. And he said, I did a lot of the prep in the offseason. So I think that was really interesting to hear his perspective on that because also I've been getting a lot of questions like, wait, why are you talking to Dan Quinn and Brian Callahan night before their games? But these guys have probably done the prep. And Jeff Saturday, I'm sure, has done that prep. Mm-hmm. Um, even as he's going through the season, you're trying to win these games, you're also constantly thinking about what would my coaching staff look like? I think the advantage that Jeff Saturday has going into these interviews, uh, which Chris Ballard talked about after the season, is that he has now seen the inner workings of this organization. So now if you're pitching a vision for how do we move forward as a franchise after a 4-12-1 season, Jeff Saturday can say, here are the problems that I have identified because I have been here for the last eight, nine weeks, and here is how I intend to fix them. That, to me, is a, is a, a, an important thing to consider with Jeff Saturday sitting down with Chris Ballard last week is that he does know the inner workings of this organization. So if you're coming in and you're selling how to fix it, Jeff Saturday would have an idea of how he wants to fix it based on the eight, nine weeks he spent as the interim head coach. Right. That's J.J. Stankovitz, Colts.com senior writer, talking head coaches. And quite frankly, like you said, you weren't in on those uh, you know, sit-downs with these uh-huh. coaching candidates. But I'm going to bring in now Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts. The reason is I think you are in the room on these interviews. Is that correct? They just don't know it. That's the problem. Really? Yeah. Did you plant some maybe a <laughs> microphone lurking. in the corner? Yeah, I've got microphones. i got cameras. Plus, i got my ear next to the door. I'm lurking. I'm <laughs> yeah, always around, brother. Door. That'd yeah. be great. That would be great. <laughs> like Matt Taylor, soup can. come on in, Matt Taylor. What do you think? We, we've been talking with JJ here 13 candidates now total we got a couple that are still pending in the D'Amico Ryans that could be in the can by now by the time that this is going well it, it cannot D'Amico Ryans is not allowed to interview until after the conference championship until yeah, Monday is when NFL, NFL rules say that, gotcha. that Demi- the Colts cannot conduct an interview with D'Amico Ryans until after the conference championship well, just, just because of the weight of the uh, of the NFC championship game is on well plate, and, and uh, it was reported that Tomiko Ryan's postponed his interview, right. so he could before, focus right? on the uh, the 49ers game. Gotcha. Which also, I I totally understand that there are two perspectives on it. Dan Quinn could say, "Well, you know, I did all this research." Tomiko Ryan's might be like, "Maybe I haven't done all that research." Dan Quinn has gone through this before, by the way, as a yeah. former head coach right. of the Falcons. Um, and Tomiko Ryan's maybe, you know, I I just want to take a step back. I've done a lot of interviews so far, mm-hmm. and we'll talk after the conference. May take too many candidates, not enough candidates. We're in the teens right now with this organization, the way that it is. Chris no. Ballard leading this charge. Where are we at? No, it's a slow-moving process. I mean, as we said a couple weeks ago, we, we anticipate this probably won't be settled until about February. I don't think you can have too many perspectives and too many different points of view and too many different you know, ways of doing things to compare and contrast. And so, no, I, I don't think you can have too many interviews. I mean, you're not going to interview everybody twice. Mm-hmm. You're not going to interview 13, 14 guys two times. You know, you're going to whittle that list down to five or six and then down to two or three, whatever the case is. But, yeah, this is going to heat up starting next week once the conference championship mm-hmm. games are over. And then, you know, maybe a couple days after the Super Bowl, I would anticipate something happening. But until then, it's going to be a slow-moving, thorough, take-your-time-get-it-right type of process for well, the Colts. And here's the other thing is it, this this can be a slow and deliberate process. But ultimately, some one of these five teams is going to hire a head coach. Yeah. And the, the prevailing thought I've seen just nationally is everyone's kind of waiting on what happens to Sean Payton. Does Sean Payton go to Denver, right. Arizona, Houston, Carolina? And once that decision gets made on Sean Payton, or maybe he doesn't go to any of those places, then those teams will move on to their next candidates. The Colts can, will continue moving forward at their own pace. But eventually, some of the guys who the Colts may have shortlisted may be getting shortlisted at other organizations, and then you might need to speed it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's always a calculus you have to take here. You can be deliberate and you can wait, but but the other thing you have to remember, there are also eight offensive coordinator openings right now around the NFL. So some of these candidates might be coming in and saying, hey, I want to hire this guy as my OC, but that guy might be getting an interview with Washington or Baltimore or New York with the Jets. And he might be hired by somebody else that gets hired before I do right. if I take this job. And then there are going to be five more offensive coordinator openings that come up when these head coaches are right. hired, five more defensive coordinator openings potentially. So you have to keep that calculus that you know a third of the league is going to be turning over their offensive coordinator this year. 
So if you have a short list, and all those guys are also shortlisted around the league, you do need to maybe move on a head coach just to make sure that head coach has the resources available to go get the guys he might it just want. just sounds like the Colts aren't going to have a quick process in this. I don't think we're going to be naming a head coach by, you know, this Thursday. We're sitting there, no, here, no. there on Tuesday, no. and they're saying, hey, I'm whittling these things down. So it doesn't have to be a long process. I anticipate this thing possibly going into next month. Would you guys agree? Yeah, totally. I, I think after the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, Josh McDaniels was after the Super yeah. Bowl. So, yeah. I mean, and, I think know, and I think the Colts, I mean, also I read the other day where the Colts have interviewed was it five or six more candidates this go around than they did in 2018. Mm-hmm. So, I think everybody's learning from the process. I think everybody's growing on what we're looking for, how serious this is, how important this is. That's why I don't think they're casting too wide of a net. That's why I don't think they're talking to too many people. Well, and remember what Chris Ballard said is, you know, don't start this process with an end in mind. That's something he he learned from that first go around where you might if you if you go into this and you say we are hiring this guy, you know, all right, Josh McDaniels, I really want to hire this guy. You might miss someone who you brought in for an interview who really blew you away and let him out of the building because you went into the process with an end in mind. I think the way that the Colts have conducted this process has shown that Chris Ballard has really committed to that vision for the search, that he is not going into this with an end in mind. Well, we're seeing other teams that are showing people the way, how to do it the right way in advance right now. Yeah, the four divisional playoff games were played last weekend. That sets up, in my opinion, the best day in the NFL season. That is conference championship weekend. Lara Overton, we now bring on to the show, into the mix. Lara, we've got these playoffs so far. So what have they showed us to be successful and advance in this postseason? Get the buy. I think that's one of them, right? Yeah. One of them. Well said. Number one. Big factor right there uh, is what I would say. Also, you know, the playoff and postseason experience matters significantly. So when you look at a situation like the New York Giants and Daniel Jones, you know, versus what you're seeing with the experience of a team like Philadelphia. But then that is kind of contrasted to Brock Purdy, who is a rookie who, you know, was the last pick of the draft. So, But he's surrounded by a team of veterans who have been in, you know, many, many cases, many circumstances in this type of position before. So I think that you're seeing how much for a team like Cincinnati, knowing what it takes to make a run, you know, how much, how valuable that is when you go into a hostile territory like Buffalo, a team that is heavily favored, when they're already selling tickets for a neutral site championship, you know, thinking that it's going to be Kansas City and Buffalo rather than Kansas City and and Cincinnati. You know, you heard Joe Burrow say it to Tracy Wolfson, better issue those refunds, Right, right? right? So I think those are a couple of takeaways for me. All right. Based on what we've seen out of the playoffs so far, okay? Okay, just follow me on this one now. I'm, I'm real. <laughs> okay. I'm searching. I'm okay. fishing for this. All right. Based on what we've seen so far, it's a curveball question because we got Brock Purdy, who's Mr. Irrelevant, that comes in here and saying you need a quarterback to advance in the NFL. There playoffs. are there are exceptions. You need to an rules. experienced yes. quarterback, and now we have Brock Purdy. That's a whole yeah, other show, Purdy by the way. Brock Purdy also has <laughs> McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, <laughs> exactly. and you know it. a lot of other guys. George Kittle, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got Kyle Shanahan, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they've got I mean, playmakers, the best defense in the game. Okay, but but here's my favorite part of this offseason. Not even talking about the Colts right now. What do, what do they do at quarterback next year? You got Trey Lance, who's the number the one. Forty Niners. Yes. You yeah. Got Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not in the mix, presumably anymore, contractually speaking. Oh, but now Brock Purdy's there. Trey Lance. Is you don't there. think like, they go get Brady, bring him home for one year, and sit Purdy and sit Trey Lance? What, what do they need him for? Well, what do I they don't need know. Him for? Like that's maybe that's what Tom wants. You're gonna like turn down Tom if he's like, hey, I'd like to go back to the Bay Area. You know, that's where I want to finish it out. Wow. Like, I don't know. Another. See, I love this. Just off classic season. case of making chicken. You know what? Right. I yeah. mean, With their quarterback. That situation. is interesting, though. What great they team do and great moving roster. forward. I don't know. I feel like that there are so many teams that are quarterback needy that you look at the guys who are on the Niners roster that other teams may position themselves to try to go and get a Trey Lance or a Garoppolo because, right. you know, um, San Francisco is in such an advantageous position of having a multitude of guys. The concern, though, is with the guys who are in front of Brock Purdy, they can't stay healthy. So that's the one issue yeah. that you worry on, you know, the value of a guy that you have, the capital that you have in those guys is what's the stability of those guys, right. the reliability. The playoffs have showed us quarterback play really matters. Great coaching. You need game changers. you got to have playmakers, guys that can really take over and impact the game. And just like in every game, but playoffs, obviously, it's you know magnified. It's red zone 
and it's turnovers, right? I mean, if you look at the quarterbacks. Ask Dak Prescott about that. Right. I mean, elite-level quarterback play in these conference championship games. Purdy is the outlier like we talked about, but even him, he's got great coaching, great scheme, great playmakers, great defense to rely and he on. he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. No. He, and it's a conservative game force plan. plays. I think that's the difference you see between him and someone like a, right. a Josh Allen who has a tendency to right. try to pay, play a little too much hero ball. So, I mean, even the quarterbacks that lost this weekend, right? You got Josh Allen and Daniel Jones who had a great year, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott. I mean, these are all great quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks. These are guys that have mobility and athleticism. There's just not a lot of pure pocket passing quarterbacks that played this weekend. In fact, none. So I think it's pretty clear when you translate that to the Colts and their search going forward, what do they need from their next quarterback starting in 2023? I think the blueprint is there in the playoffs in terms of quarterback play and what you need to be successful in the postseason. How far away is this Colts team from advancing to a championship game? Just follow me here. Follow me here. I got two examples. I got Jaguars. I got Jacksonville after doing what they did last year, obviously bringing in Doug Peterson, but a hot young quarterback that's going to be good. And I also bring up San Francisco with literally the last man picked in this recent draft, a rookie quarterback advancing to another conference championship game. Um, uh, I'm saying how Seriously. Well, how, it's how so hard. Far it's away difficult it's because so everyone, AFC, let alone the us. AFC South is better, and that's the easiest path to the playoffs is to win your division. And this year was the easiest time to win the division, and it's only going to get more difficult yeah. because Houston and Jacksonville are on the ascend primarily. Jacksonville is going to be a factor. They are a force that is only going to continue to improve with the coaching that they have and the aggressiveness that they have as a franchise in terms of right. not only drafting but spending in free agency and those things. So I, I think you're a little ways off because this division is better and it's going to be more difficult to win the next year moving forward. And just the conference in general with all the young quarterbacks that are still on their rookie contracts. I mean, Burrow's not going anywhere. We know Mahomes isn't going anywhere. Josh Allen isn't going anywhere. Right, so if you don't win the AFC South, that's going to make it even more competitive and tougher to make the postseason as a wild card team, as we saw this past season. So, in some senses, it's yeah, you're not far off because you do have good players on offense, you know, pieces you can build around, right? And Pittman and Pierce and Woods and Taylor. I think the offensive line is more than salvageable, like we talked about last week. So, in, in some ways, yeah, you're not that far off because it's not a complete reclamation project like we talked about last week but just the unknowns make it tough to say that in one year they can turn it around and be the Cincinnati Bengals that go from whatever their record was in 2020 one or two wins to playing in an AFC championship game the next year that's just hard to envision because we don't have a head coach the Colts don't have a head coach we don't know what they're going to do at quarterback right so like I said I think defensively they played much better than a 4-12-1 record. They've got a lot of players they can build around on that side of the football. I, I think the same is true for offense. I think it's easy for this offense to come in and have a bounce-back season next year. But that being said, there's a lot of ifs, right, if you get the right Did offense coordinator. Did I just hear you say easy? Mate, it ain't easy to move the, fo- the I'm football. I'm saying it's, it's possible. I, I know, but with a rookie court, you've got to think it's going to be. I mean, all signs are pointing towards a rookie quarterback coming in uh, to, to lead the Colts' offense. That's a, that's a tall order. Well, every year, like we talked about last week, every year you see a team go from worst to first. There's yeah. a bunch of teams that make the playoffs that didn't the year before. I mean, the margin of error in this league is so slim, and the Colts were right there. They were so close. Instead of being – Four twelve and one. They could have easily been if they make a couple plays late in games, an eight win team or a nine win team. So, I, I think it's doable to turn this thing around. So, in some ways, you say they've got the pieces in place to contend in two thousand twenty three, but just not knowing who the coach is, not knowing what they're going to do at quarterback, and the growing pains are going to experience along the way with that. That makes it on on the other side of the coin tough to see them doing what the Bengals are doing now, the sustained you know, level of great play after finishing so poorly a couple years ago. What gives me optimism that you are closer rather than farther away from getting to that point is when you look at getting the right 
culture, establishing the culture with great coaching, like we saw with Doug Peterson in Jacksonville, like you saw with Brian Dable in New York, how quickly those two coaches were able to put their and that's, team and that's what you're in seeing successful this weekend. positions. Coaching that's matters this weekend. Coaching and culture. like Those are just those two huge factors, and that is why this whole coaching search is so important, not just in the guy you are hiring, but in how he is assembling a staff and the vision he has for how to construct the team coincide hand-in-hand with Chris Ballard. Okay, let's talk to some of these playoffs. And and I got a beef to pick with you, Taylor. Uh, You ever notice when you talk about the Reds with him, you know, oh, well, Sparky Anderson. I have no reason to ever talk about the Reds. Reds Joe Morgan, (laughs) and, you know, don't you dare say that about Hal Morris. And I said Joey Votto's not a Hall of Famer, and he wanted to fight me. Hal Morris. And it's like, why don't you have the love for the Bengals – and the city of Cincinnati, which you love, and this Bengals team is right up your alley. I know you're play-by-play with the Colts. I get that. You're trying to defeat that team. But the love and, and joy that you oh. have about talking about the Cincinnati Reds and wanting to fight me when I say Hal Morris was average at best <laughs> and Barry Larkin wasn't that good, but not the same with the Bengals. They're just kind of ho-hum. Is it just because you, you're in this league or what? Well, I mean, I grew up here, and I you know had a football team here. Like my, The closest baseball team I had was in Cincinnati. Uh, Nah, it's a proximity issue. Grow up, is what I grow up with a baseball team I gotcha. here. I got you. So that makes sense. Uh, anyway. What? Come on. You, you didn't watch a Carson Palmer and be like, man, I love this guy. That didn't get you fired up back yeah. in the day. Boomer, Boomer Asias. John Kidnap didn't do it for Boomer Asias didn't move the needle back in Indianapolis, I guess. Okay, make that. You got a hobbled. Patrick Mahomes, he's hosting Joe Burrow on the road. I want to hear what you guys like in the NFC, excuse me, AFC this weekend. Uh, I, I like the Cincinnati Bengals. So how about that for right. you? I like. You I mean, oh, to, to me, I mean, if you look at if you look at some of the teams, this was the point I was trying to make in terms of turnover and giveaways and taking care of the football. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are sort of the outlier among the four teams that are left in terms of what you need to do to to win close football games. Turnover margin: San Francisco in the regular season, number one. Philadelphia number three, Cincinnati number six, Kansas City number twenty-two. Ooh. All right, giveaways: San Francisco three, Cincinnati four, Philadelphia five. In terms of least giveaways, right? Kansas City number seventeen. Wow. So defensively, they're sort of average. They're not yeah. taking the football away. Offensively, they can be careless, but they can score quickly. Right? They can get back into games very, very fast. They can erase deficits. If you're Cincinnati, you got to be going there thinking we are the kryptonite of this Kansas sure. City team. One they, three straight up they, there. They, they beat them three times in a calendar year yeah. in 2022. Yeah, I don't think Cincinnati's going to go into this game intimidated at all and overwhelmed by the crowd and the magnitude of the situation. So I like Cincinnati to win. The, I think they're a better complete football team. I, I like Cincinnati. The one factor is no matter what happens with Patrick Mahomes this week, I mean, y- it would take a lot more, I think, than a high ankle sprain to keep him out of the game. It'll certainly limit him because of a quarterback who is so known for his mobility and escapability, and he can make so many plays with his legs. But, I mean, Chad Henley, Chad Henley looked pretty darn good, right, right? In, in that situation. 14 years so in the it, NFL. If Something it like comes that. down to it and he has to step in, the other thing is, <laughs> no matter what happens at quarterback, you have Travis Kelsey, right, right. who apparently absolutely no one can stop. So I, I don't – like, that's one thing for me is, like, there is obviously, you know, this kind of uh, question surrounding what Patrick's availability will be or what his health will be going into that game. Right. They are still going to be problematic because of the fact factors that they have primarily in Travis Kelsey, who, in my opinion, is going to go down as the greatest tight end of all time. What? Saying it right now. Wait a minute. Right now, Gronk, Gronkowski is the best tight end, Matt. You and I talked about this. He will surpass Gronk. Really? Absolutely. Without question, Walk in, in first ballot Hall of Famer, Travis Kelsey. I think so. I think he will be. Hello on the Kelsey train. He's far from done. Yeah, that's true. Far from done, and he's going to have Patrick Mahomes. He's just not a great blocking tight end, though. I mean, weapon-wise, yes, absolutely. He's more like a receiver than he has a tight end. But that's end. just what they. Ken doesn't care about blocking. But that's bro. how they I know utilize they do, him. But, you know. but that's just how. But he's... how do you how do you get fourteen catches in one game <laughs> in, in, a, in a in a playoff game? Because no <laughs> how one is can that possible? Come no. on, Jags. Yeah. Come on. Uh, but I will say, grabs. I do think that Cincinnati is just seemingly 
unstoppable. I'm with you guys. Three, three, I mean, three boxes checked for Cincinnati in the <laughs> AFC. Maytay, quickly go to the NFC because we're going to play you in or you out uh, right after this. I want to figure <laughs> this thing out, so i got to take a minute for you in, you out. But listen, go to the NFC. This is a great one. Purdy's going on the road. Jalen Hurts yeah. at yeah. home. Jalen Hurts, MVP oh. candidate. Does he win the MVP this year? Or did the games missed hurt, it, oh. hurt his chances? Where are we looking at no, up there? No, Tell me what's going F- on Philly's in the NFC. Got, Philly does not have any weaknesses, at least not glaring weaknesses within their team. I mean, I think they've got the best roster top to bottom. You said Hurts. He's playing fantastic right now. They they absolutely drew some Michael Jordan comparisons from his head coach. If you saw that, okay, take a breath. Did you hear that? Everybody, no, I did not hear that. Oh yeah, Nick Sirianni. In what context? Sirianni, take a breath. Okay. I heard this. the Little Caesars comment. Jeez. Was that it? No. Michael Jordan was not eating Little Caesars pizza after the the flu game. No. Who was eating? <laughs> was was Jalen Hurts eating? No, Nick, is... Nick Sirianni after the game said he was going to order Little Caesars pizza to celebrate. Oh, I didn't. All right. Yeah. Didn't hear that. I didn't either. Um, yeah. Here, I'm finding the exact quote, but keep talking and then I'll come in with this. No, uh, I'm just saying, if, if, you, if you beat the Giants for the third time, or if you play the Giants for the third time and you beat them 38-7, to seven, mm-hmm. I mean, that's doing something right there. They're playing like a team that blitzed out to their 13-1 and one start to uh, begin the season. The offensive line's playing great. They ran for 268. Again, they don't have any uh, chinks in that armor. Devontae Smith and Goddard and A.J. Brown, they're just loaded, dude. They are. And I think with Purdy, I think he's going to come into this game and he's going to turn into a pumpkin to steal a line from Rick Venturi. Really? He's going to come in and turn into a pumpkin. He's going to be asked. They're going to get down that game. He's going to be asked to make plays. He's going to be asked to do things that he hasn't done so far in terms of managing the game and, you know, kind of deviating away from that conservative game approach on the road. They're going to get down 10 points. He's going to have to go make a play and step outside of himself a little bit, and I think that's where the Philly defense gets him. Okay, so I'm quoting an article here from NBC Sports that said, shortly after the Eagles dispatched the Giants in the divisional round by a score of 38-7, to Sirianni ex- attempted to explain what it's like for his team to have a healthy Jalen Hurts on the field. This is what he came up with, and I quote, It's like having Michael Jordan out there. He's your leader. He's your guy. He would go on to explain, as well as he's run the football, as well as he's thrown the football, reading defenses, accurate throws, as well as he's done all that, what you notice first about Hurts is his will to win, his competitive drive. That comparison is kind of in that aspect of it. Again, was I around Michael Jordan? No, but I was able to watch from afar when I was a kid. But then you're also able to watch these documentaries and see the common denominator of those things. The first thing you asked me about Jalen, I always talk about those things, all the intangibles that he has. He goes on to explain Ridiculous it a little bit more. comparison, in my opinion. Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, we're having six, you right. know, success with the thing. I, I understand. You understand what I'm saying, but all right, move on. Uh, you, can't, but, you can't blame him for the confidence. Right, right. Th- that's the thing. Like, is there a current coach in the NFL that more greatly reflect, reflects, like, the fan base than, like, the fieriness and, like, the swagger of Nick Sirianni and just his – I mean, Nick has this kind of zero Fs given, you know, which is such a, a Philly type of thing. <laughs> Did you see him arguing with the ref when yeah. he's like, I'm allowed to be down here? Like, with the expletive, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so – what I'm doing. It's so – I know what the – I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> it's so great. That's it's, nice. It's hilarious. I mean, I, I do. I think that – I'm so excited for Nick Sirianni and for all of the guys who are there. You know, took you know plenty of coaches from this staff there. Get guy like Zach Pascal yeah. who was there with him, and you know we saw a little bit of that with Nick when he was here. But now being in the position that he's in as a head coach, and you can just tell that he's one of those guys who that group that roster that locker room fights so hard for their coach because he's not afraid to go out there and make those type of comparisons and be the vocal guy and kind of put it all him. out there good for right? him too like, because i'm sorry but we saw his initial press conference he's a little rocky a little rocky and you're like wow i mean you're trying to get behind this especially guy. Well, that market and i know and look market, what he's done absolutely. man so yeah clap for the philly, hands tip of the hat to sirianni man, on that one so you guys gonna be hard to get by okay They're so you guys are saying i think I'm with the eagles yeah joe cool is going to be taking on jalen hurt i like that i like that matchup too That's a lot what i got cincinnati philadelphia okay well let's get into some you in or out we're going to bring jj stankovitz from colts.com the senior writer in here you in or you out we're starting with double j jj stankovitz really quick you in or out on a super bowl consisting of joe cool taking on jalen hurts in oh, I'm in, I'm in on that. You're in, I'm on, in that. on that. That Bengals team's playing pissed off. They're going to make it. Yep. Fair enough. On the other side, you like Philly to do what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the way Sirianni's getting stuff schemed up there, 
uh, the way Shane Steichen is calling those plays, yeah, I'm in on that. Okay, time to play it. Here we go. Thank you for that quick, uh, you know, exit ramp there, Double J. You in or you out? I love this game. This thing is going to be uh, a Wink Martindale hosted game, and I'm not talking about the defensive coordinator. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. You I'm said talking you're going to bring some, up Wink Martindale. I'm talking about the legendary Wink Martindale. What was the game show he hosted? Was that match game? What he was, was it? On, he was on what Press was Your Luck. He was okay. on. He had so many. I used to do a lot of game show network back in the day, like during college when you'd have like a Ra- you know, is- you'd be done with classes at like 1 p.m. I'd go home, <laughs> toss on a little game show network. Who was the guy that always kissed the ladies? The Richard Dawson. Yeah, Richard yeah, Dawson. Yeah. Yeah. Richard, Richard Dawson. Dawson. <laughs> so really quick, we're getting you know into the marriages winter. Richard Dawson <laughs> ended. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Affairs started. How <laughs> many of his own? All right, real quick. I know I, I I was on a game show that Wink Martindale hosted. No, you weren't. Back in the Uh-oh, day called Debt. D E B T. You had to say, Hey, I'm in debt. I have a chance to win and pay off my bills for this. And it was literally somewhere I, I used to live down the street from CBS Studios in Southern California another lifetime ago. And they said, hey, we're looking for contest- contestants. I was like, yeah, fill this out. Okay, they called me up. I'm like, do a preliminary test for a rockhead like me to get on a show. It worked. Did I it went air? There. It aired. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was aired. It's on YouTube somewhere. Cause my so did friend- they create a storyline for you? or it was? No, I just said I was, I was a... Um, I said I was a fertilizer salesman <laughs> from from Southern California, and I'm in debt I'm like up, up, up to eight thousand dollars for this or that. And I did that because my dad would say, always say when I was growing up, "Son, you're a salesman with a mouthful of samples." Yeah. So I was a fertilizer salesman to Wink Martindale, and he said I reminded him of a young Robert Redford at the time because oh. it was in the '90s, oh. and it's, it's out there on YouTube. I was the first one eliminated. You're the first one first out. First one eliminated. Yeah, I couldn't. I'm gonna get spend all day looking for Melrose this. Melrose Place was a category, <laughs> and I was like, I don't watch this show. And it was one of them. And I just I butchered it, and I was the first. So one was to it? Leave. A, is it a trivia show? Yeah, it's a trivia game show, qu- uh, question and answer type of thing. Multiple it's choice. Death. And I swear, my friend Dan Byer from Fox Sports Radio sent me a clip of this a couple years ago. <laughs> so it is on YouTube somewhere. But Debt hosted by Wayne. Hey Martindale. Dan, if you're listening, go ahead and shoot that <laughs> yeah. to us. PO box. <laughs> but anyway, okay, JJ Stankovitz, we're start, yeah. starting. It out. You in or you out? Colts need to hire an offensive-minded head coach, considering how far the offense fell last season. You in or you out? I'm out. I talked about it earlier on the pod where you don't have to hire an offensive coach, even if you're going to have a young quarterback and you're trying to fix the offense, but you have to have the right structure around that quarterback. It doesn't have to be a defensive coach. It has to be the right offensive structure, and again, those two things do not have to be the same. Matt Taylor, you in or you out? I'm going to I'm gonna tweak it to answer it. I'm going to say I'm in on needing fresh perspective of the offense. You have to hire state-of-the-art modern coach to grow a young quarterback if you decide to go that route in the draft and fix the passing game that, quite frankly, outside of last year, I mean, the last couple of years, it hasn't been on par for this franchise to make a deep run in the playoffs or to get into the playoffs for that matter. So I'm in on fresh perspective, state-of-the-art offensive coordinator as a head coach or to bring in fresh perspective to fix the passing Hello, game. are you saying no defensive-minded coach should be hired? You in or you out? No, I don't think that doesn't matter as much to me. What matters more to me is that someone has a vi- vision for how to construct an offensive staff, whether he is an offensive, defensive, or a special teams-minded man. Fair enough. You in or you out? I like this. We're going to stick with LO. Number two, the Colts have to draft a quarterback because they are picking in the top four. The Colts have to. Keywords, have to. You in or you out? Capital I, capital N. Capital N. Got to get that quarterback. <laughs> Double J, JJ. I'm out because if three quarterbacks go off the board get before you're picking at four and you, you reach for the wrong quarterback, that sets your franchise back farther. <gasps> Ding, ding, ding. I like this answer. I think it's the finest one. He's kind of right. What if there's a big offensive tackle up there at that position at your yard or an edge rusher that everybody wants or a defensive tackle, not naming any names right now, but all three quarterbacks are gone that are supposedly in the top four. Don't yeah. put yourself in a position that that happens. Oh, I see what you're saying. Move up. Moving on up. <laughs> Moving on her head. Chris Ballard said it. If there there's a is. guy you feel strong enough, strongly enough about, move every Every single quarterback in the AFC playoff field this yes. year was drafted by their team in the first round. And, so and I, what, the average age is about 25 and what a quarterbacks Naeem, what in the a playoffs? Naeem, what did Naeem Hines say? I mean, just the, the different quarterback, the offensive quarterback carousel, we've been dealing with it for the last it, you know, four crippling. or five years, and we get, we're trying to build chemistry and cohesion, and we're trying to get on the same page with this guy in, in training camp and the first couple of weeks of the season, but unfortunately, you don't get on the same page until history has shown, weeks five, six, seven, Last year, the Colts were, you know, they were fighting an uphill battle because of the AFC South woes 
that were stacked against them to start the season. So I think it's time. Listen, I know it's not the popular answer here, but Chris Ballard said, in addition to saying, like you mentioned, Lara, that yes, I would trade it for someone if we thought he was the guy. He also said it's about getting it right. If you just draft a quarterback because you well you need one and well, this th- guy's think- here and he's fourth on our board, then that is going you're going to wind up looking like you could build a great team around that quarterback and you could go seven and ten like the New York Jets did. That that is an outcome that could happen. Well, I think I think Lair and I both understand that. I mean, I think we I don't want to speak for Lair. I'm just but more I th- saying like I think we, speaking in absolutes here. No, we're not, yeah. I don't think we're speaking in absolutes, but we're saying, is it time? Yeah, it's time. Oh, it's absolutely time. Yeah. It's absolutely time, but I don't. I, I think you just can't speak in absolutes about these things because if you do, that's you, you, when you, 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 yeah, you, you get definitely the problem. Can't, you can't force an evaluation. We all understand that. But if if the evaluation matches up with where you're picking, then absolutely it's time right. to, you know, to, to build. I'm in LO's camp. Yeah, move I'll, up, get your guy. If you got to move up, move up. Hey, it's it's do, it's go time on this one. It's I go also time. think that it's it's a good time because you are going to have a coach who can mold this person and immediately imprint what he needs to do to develop this quarterback for the NFL, rather than taking a guy who you're inheriting who comes from different systems that you're trying to mold and fit this piece into what you have, and you're forced to work with something. Okay, let's not be long on this one. On um, the Jaguars now, t- team to beat in the AFC right now. You in or you out, JJ? It's not even close. So I'm I'm in. You're in? Yeah, I don't think it's close. They they are the team to beat in the AFC yeah. South, not just because they're defending champions, the talent they have on that roster, the coaches they have on that team. And by the way, I was just talking about this with our, our uh, friend Casey Vallier out here. Oh, yeah, you know what they really need? They need, like, a little more juice at wide receiver. They're only just going to get Calvin Ridley back next year. Oh, oh I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, I forgot about that. All right, moving around the horn. Jaguars, yay yeah. or nay? No chance next year. I'm saying, but what I'm saying to you guys is they are winning the AFC South next year. True or false? That's what I'm saying right now. But I know what we're going to say on that. I know they're good, but can I say this? The complete flip of having the worst record going around from last year to this year. They have the least questions surrounding their roster. Well, I mean, yes, you are you are correct. I'm going to shut up on that. Lo just shut me up, Mate. Good, finally, finally. (laughs) All right, I'm starting with you, Mate. Despite our potential logjam at linebacker. We got Shaq Leonard out there coming back healthy. The Colts need to re-sign Bobby Okereke in free agency. What say you? You in or you out? I, I want to be in but I just don't know how this is going to play out. It's like we talked about last week, I think on the last word, Jeffrey. I think it, it boils down to the health and the return of Shaq Leonard versus the amount of investment and dollars you already have at linebacker. I mean, Zaire Franklin is under contract. You paid him. Shaq Leonard's coming back. He got paid, what, two summers ago in training camp in 2021. Cha-ching. That's right. So if he comes back, this is a hypothetical, and you know, to J.J.'s point, if we're speaking in absolutes, if he absolutely comes back fully healthy next season, you don't keep him off the field for what he can do in terms of ripping the football away and creating takeaways. So he's got a spot. Based on what Zaire Franklin did last year, how do you take him off the field? He proved that he can be one of the best linebackers in the game. I mean, he set a franchise record for tackles in a season – so that makes it very hard, I think, just from a roster construction standpoint and free agency with Bobby Okereke and EJ Speed. You'd love to have both of those guys back, but it just boils down to how many times do you play three linebackers on the field at the same time and how much money can you invest at one position? JJ, we got three starters and only two starting positions. Go. Yeah, I think I'm probably out on the need here. And I might be even more in on bringing EJ Speed back. Gotcha. Because it, okay. you, you consider Bobby Okereke deserves to be paid like a starter. He deserves to be a starting Mike or Will linebacker somewhere. The Colts probably can't offer that. Right. Lara, what do you think, Bobby Okereke? I would love for there at least to be an attempt. You know, you at least make an offer. And, and so I'm, I'm in on pursuing him. But probably not overspending or overreaching because you feel like you absolutely need to because I do feel like that he will command a lot of interest from other organizations, primarily a guy just up I-65 who loves oh, linebackers. Yeah, he does love that guy, And Matt he? Eberflus. Yep. So true. I do think that you could see Eberflus try to talk the Bears into coming up with a pretty healthy offer for a guy like Bobby Okereke, putting him in a prominent position. It's already a defense that he has you know, proven to have knowledge within, thrive within all of those things. So I'm kind of curious at what the competition will be for a guy like Bobby Okereke. Hey, can we keep this you in or you out in? Yeah. yeah are yeah. you? Wait You're, a minute. You in or you out on you out or you in? 
I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. in. All in. You're in. in on your out or you're in? Yeah, I'm in. No, it's in or out. Sorry. It's in or out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, in. I'm game. Let's do this next week. Don't forget, coming up this week on the Colts Audio Network, The Last Word, the Colts Offseason Radio Show, airs Friday night at 6 p.m. on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. That's with me hacking my way through with Matt Taylor. It'll also be available on demand at Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and the Colts Audio Network. I've been waiting for this one for a while. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the theory is, L.O. I don't care what he found in the chess box uh, under the the sea. I don't care what it is. This is J.J. Stankovic's random thought of the week, and I'm going to tear it apart somehow, some way. Because I, I like to oh. go into a courtroom-like setting with you, J.J. Let's because go. there's a good, t- you know, we butt heads yeah. a little bit on this stuff, even when I'm in the wrong. Listen, I mean, you're always in the wrong when it comes to Portillo's. But th- this is about, this is about, I, I was thinking, I was thinking, thinking today with the, the snowstorm coming What's on Wednesday. Sizzler? What's that one called? Sizzler? What's that stuff it's called? Sizzling. No, guys, back in the day, it came in a box and you put it up and it'd be real thin. <laughs> Steakums. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, I had You're comparing Portillo's to Steakums. JJ, I yeah. get JJ, out. it has been a minute for me to get my hands around this. It is Steakums. No, it's not. Get out. Okay. Oh, God. It's as thin as Steakums. Thank I you. I will give that to you. Yeah, it's better. It's I don't steakums. know what a steak is. And that's beef in a box. I'm just steakums, telling like, you. You get a skillet out. Get it's like very out. sliced, frozen uh, like, never heard like of skirt, me. like skirt steak. Jeffrey, oh. I don't Jeffrey. know. You're killing me. Sometimes comes out green, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> depending yeah. on how long it's been in your fridge, <laughs> a freezer actually. It's been like, what did you get uh, this from? Like the Swans man when he like, what was this? No, like, you, they, they still make steakums. Go to your local grocery <laughs> freezer section and then look up steakums. Yeah, I don't. JJ often can't even look at me when I'm not. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> often perusing the frozen beefs. I'm just gonna say. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, go on. JJ's random thought of the week. So. Got the snowstorm coming up on Wednesday. I'm dreading it because I'm like, oh, my God, are they going to close my kids' daycare? We're going to have to, you know, entertain the kids at home. I'm going to have to shovel out the driveway. Potentially my wife is going to have no no school that day, which means we're going to have to cut our vacation short. They were going that to next month, whole thing on that. So at what age do you go from thinking snow is magical and awesome to – I can't believe it's going to snow. This is so annoying, and I'm dreading it. Uh, at what age? At what age? Can I go first? Yeah. yeah. Like nine or ten? Yeah. That's when I... That's my, my thought was it's when you, you first learn how bad shoveling is as an activity. Like, all right, JJ, you're old enough yeah, to go awful. shovel the sidewalk, and you're like, no, I don't want it to snow anymore. Sledding's fun, but I don't want to shovel. But after three days of sledding or two days of sledding and everything becomes gray and then it's pushed off to the side and it's not there and then it's it's black black. there. Then the ice ice sheet that's there. It's gorgeous when it's coming down. I mean, it's a Hallmark card. I love it. And it's like, wow, this is beautiful. But Ello, overall snow. And then it turns. Yeah, I'm going to say like five. I was probably out on snow. Like the first time I realized it's cold AF out there. (laughs) Like, you know, the moment you're you're like sledding, you're like, this is fun. I all bundled up Uh, to the snow. Well, and then you're like, I got this Crap inside of a snowsuit, and it's like you know, it's like vacuum sealed at my, the ends. But it manages to get in there, and it's just all cold around your dad, crevices. My dad, I'll never forget this. God, God love him. My dad, fair and square lair. <laughs> he used to make us put when I was young, when I was in that five, seven, ten year age. You put your sock on, and then you put it in a plastic bag, yeah. and yep. then you put it in your boot. Oh wow! And I'm like, Dad. My foot slides around way too much like this, and if I'm catching out patterns before you know before <laughs> at the, school at the bus or at stop. recess or at the <laughs> bus stop, <laughs> I can't move because my foot. You're putting your foot in that plastic bag, or it'll be sopped. I'm like, dude, you gave me Eskimo boots. Yeah. I mean, for a reason. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to do that. Did anybody else do that? Oh yeah, I'm oh, like yeah. I had, I had yeah. the moon boots like Napoleon Dynamite oh, yeah, out yeah. there, you know, like those. Yeah. Marching around, little Lara. Then, but then the worst is when the snow gets in the boot. Oh yeah, and then it's just like yeah. around your so, ankle. Ah, oh, it's terrible. That's Whoa. how it was in Buffalo. That's how it was oh. in Buffalo. Yes. You know, in, in 2017. Oh, yeah. It this literally, is why I only go to Buffalo for preseason. It games. literally <laughs> snowed. It snowed maybe like eight inches in an hour and a half. Just quickly. I swear. Yeah. Just coldest it. I've ever so been in my life. Did that give you flashbacks watching the game on Sunday? It wasn't as significant. Oh no, but nothing. No? Nothing will ever give me. I mean, it, it's going to have probably the, the snowstorm they had in November was right. the closest. Yeah, I mean, obviously, true. that was better, you know, more more serious. Oof. But just in terms of uh, watching a game, yeah, I don't I don't think it's it's going right, to be so a long big, time the, for that. The big dump's coming this Wednesday, I guess, in the afternoon of Wednesday. The big dump. According, the big dump. according to, you know, my sources, and then it goes in overnight. <laughs> so we're all like, oh, this is beautiful, and look at how elegant it is. And, and it wasn't, and wasn't like, last week the anniversary of the blizzard of 78? 
like uh, the 45th anniversary of it or I something. Know. I heard that was nasty though. Oh yeah, that was. Yeah. My, my point is, it's wonderful on Wednesday. Oh, this is gorgeous. No. It's so clean. It's so white. It's so. And by Thursday afternoon, you're like, get the hell out of I here. I don't and like you guys, anything yeah. that impedes my ability to do what I want to do. And like, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> plus, you gotta get <laughs> your mile. By the way, you gotta get your mile in yeah. on Thursday. You gotta get your. That's your, right. Your hello, <laughs> your your mile. I might don't be like indoors. to do anything that impedes on what I want to do. Right. That is the understatement of this That's podcast. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get to find being, out. Being inconvenienced is like just the worst. First, it me. is. Do yeah. you run in the snow? I do run in you the snow. You do run in the yeah. snow? There you go. Yeah. Six so, inches? Yeah. Uh, so we're fortunate that our, our street normally gets plowed pretty quickly. Yeah. So I also have uh, the flood wall there, so I'll go up and run on the, the flood wall. Mm-hmm. And too. hey, you can shag too if you guys don't know what that is. <laughs> we can all shag if Holy we want to meet up on Wednesday night and shag. No, 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 no. What? Shagging, Midwestern term. Not that, not from uh, uh, a shag. No. Uh, your bus would leave or your friend's car would leave, and then you'd hook your, your, your oh. fingers on the back bumper, and they would drag you. It's called shagging, just going down the street. I, remember the, oh, I wow. thought I remember that being called skitching. Skitching. Okay, that's yeah. a Chicago. Or whatever, yeah. or whatever. There you go. You know, it was something like something like that. from Tony But that's Hawk's what we did. Uh, in, in hindsight, you need a helmet. It was about as dumb as you can <laughs> get because you could be rolling under the back tire accidentally oh, yeah. or anything like that. A lot, lot of games of, of really? Euchre being played <laughs> this weekend. I've a lot never, of Netflix watching. I've right? never played Euchre. I was actually on a Twitter thread with JMV because he claims that he's never played Euchre and he was asking other people who and I've never played I can't grasp it I can't. how do you how do you live in this area and not play a hand of Euchre I've never played Euchre either mm. I'm just going to say this is it because you don't are, are you adverse to learning or like how do we get I'm here I'm too old to learn how to play a card game now. same like That's I just true. missed same. the boat That's I, true. I, I'm on board with Dude, this I learned, yeah. I learned how to play Euchre when I was like 6th grade and it's Matt not hard. Taylor Casey Valier this is a true story according to Euchre today which is a daily publication <laughs> I'm ranked in the top 25 in the state of Indiana get is out that of here. Right. player yes You've been Just on so a you know. you've been on a show with Wink Martindale and you're a top twenty five euchre wow. player. I mean, I don't, God, what a flex, Jeffrey Gorman. I just is made today. that up, but doesn't it sound good I don't that advocate, Euchre Today, a daily publication? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't advocate for Euchre because at the end of the day, it's really a mindless game. It's more like a time killer. Yep. Euchre is what you do when you have five people meeting up at one place and you're waiting on one guy to get there. Right. So there's four of you, so you just start playing Euchre. Us talking about a game that these two know no idea about is like people talking about their fantasy football team. So with that being said, and also I'm going to bug out. Yeah. With Euchre, <laughs> why is it that every time you play Euchre, you play a hand and everybody has to relive the hand? Well, you had the nine, so I played the ten to draw you out. I did, did you? That, I knew yeah. you had the bower. It's I'm like, that guy, why do we do that? I am that guy. Why do we have to redo the play-by-play after What'd the hand is on? over? Nine queen. <laughs> yeah, let me let me bring you through it. When, when, but do you do the play-by-play in your play-by-play voice? Hey, well, like in my head, I'm like, I know what she has. So here, I, you know, I I can't. I got to get one trick to help my partner. It's like, why do we have to relive the whole thing? Oh, euchre today, a daily publication doesn't Love exist, it. guys. I had fun. This is the Colts official prod- b- uh, podcast. <laughs> Podcast. This Paul, is our dog. Here's Crash of Podcast <laughs> now. Brought to you by Winbet. The Colts' official podcast brought to you by our friends at Winbet for JJ Stankovic. Colts.com senior writer, Mate, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and Lara Overton. I'm Jeffrey Gorman. We're just swapping some stories here, giving you what we think and what's going on. A crazy offseason awaits. The Super Bowl is awaiting. And more importantly, two great conference championship games await. Find out the latest information on Colts.com. And again, for all these three, I appreciate your time dealing with me. Let's do it again next week. We'll talk to you then.